Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand episode of The Wrap right here on the Fiking Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we kickstart a brand new week in WWE as we are a little under two weeks away from Survivor Series going down live in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my right-hand man, my co-captain, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Von Wagner, who has a shot to win the NXT Championship this Tuesday on USA against Braun Breaker. One can only hope that's not the case, but I bring to you as always the wise man himself, Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. Thank you for having me, Keela. It's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you. Um, you know, I, I'm really excited to have the conversation. We got a great, uh, he's no longer a guest. We have a, a great companion coming back to the house. He already kicked his feet up. He ain't bring no beer this time. I'm upset about that, but I'm going to let him slide. You know, it's okay. But uh, that's going to be a real fun conversation today. Yes. And as I introduce this person, don't think you won't get ribbed about your Lakers being two and 10. I'm so sorry. First of all, a couple things. <laughs> I Like the, the vibes were good. You know what I'm saying? We were, we were, we were doing pretty solid. I didn't even take no shot. You know, no backhanded compliment. I, you know, you know what I'm saying. I, I just, it is what it is. I'm so not sorry about your losses <laughs> over the last week or so. I thought we would come back here and we would celebrate wins together. But at least my Warriors are trying to get back to 500. Your team is just waiting to be a part of the draft lottery come May. So we'll pray for them. But introducing now an OG member of the Fike Media family, one of the original hosts of the rap last year, Grandpa Ass, the OG himself, back again from In the Clinch and the Dynamite Show. So many projects a part of FGM. I bring to you once again, Paul Fontaine. Welcome back, Paul. Hey, yo. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm back. I had no, uh, no beer for this guy. I got Diet Coke tonight, and I'm almost out, so... Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to breaking down all things WWE with uh, with the two of you. Um, I uh, we had our little basketball chat. I did. I kind of glossed over when you were doing the standings. I didn't even we didn't even get as far as the Lakers when we were doing the. So I didn't realize they were two and ten. But uh, my condolences, Scott. My Raptors are seven and seven, and uh, you know we're looking good. We're just going to coast into that number six seed and uh, see who we can who we can take out in the playoffs. Real, real quick, real quick. First of all, nobody asked you how your Raptors were doing. I, 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 I can tell you that. No, and and Keela, nobody's going to ask you how your Atlanta Hawks are doing either. Okay, so let's go ahead and throw that out there. All right, I'm I, I'm a salty Lakers fan. This is what you get. It is what it is. I'm sorry. Okay, when we play better, I'll feel better. You know, you ain't got to go there with my Hawks. Yes, we lost. In real time, as I record this show to the 76ers, mm-hmm. we won a couple of days ago, but our record is still better than the shitty Los Angeles Lakers who are 2-10 and 10 and cannot get off the floor. So, boo to that. You're 8-5. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Just swimming above water. Fourth seed, long way to go. <laughs> hey, like I said last week. Y'all could y'all are probably gonna be in the top three seed. Have, you're gonna have a great regular season. Probably win a couple of wars, get a couple all NBA teams. You going home in the first round. LeBron gonna be waiting there like, hey Trey, I got a seat right here for your first week. I'm gonna go ahead and let you know. Well, in about least... seven days, I'm not even gonna care about basketball because World <laughs> Cup's starting. So 
<laughs> is USA still in it? Oh yeah, and Canada oh, okay. for the first time and since before either you two were born, I think. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. We're pretty fired up up here. So get uh, get our Molsons and our uh, and our Tim Hortons and uh, watching some football. <laughs> Well, that's going to be a lot of fun. World Cup's yeah. exciting. We got a World Cup yeah. on SmackDown, which is definitely yeah. interesting with some participants. We're going to get to one of them soon. We're going to shade him possibly on this show because, you know, he's not here for the flippy floppy stuff. But as I told Scott two months ago, I didn't want him back and he's here. So I got to deal with it. But one more side with Scott's comment about the Hawks being bounced in the first round of the playoffs. LeBron is already in Cancun, <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> so, hey, let me tell you this. Ice. Let me tell you this. LeBron is going to retire, and Bronny will retire with more rings than the Hawks as an organization. We're going to keep this in the archives for the next 20 years. <laughs> and when Scott's pushing 60, and I'm pushing around the same age. 60, 60, 60, 60. Not Salty quite that Scott, high yet. Salty Scott and ice cold Keela. And I'm here just. Ice cold Keela. I love that. <laughs> ice cold Keela. That's sticking. I like that, Keela. Oh, my gosh. Paul might have given me a new nickname that I can rock with. Cold cash. I like that. Cold cash. Cold cash. <laughs> Keeping hey, you got everything's in threes. You gotta give me one more. Uh killer Keela. Yeah, that's all right. Not as good as the first two, but it's a it's a solid third. Yeah, that's that's all it's all that's all it's called. Cool. Solid third. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of my name being made fun of in elementary school. And then when the person made fun of my name made fun of my name got kept back in extra grade, I laughed because that's what you get for fucking with my name, you son of a bitch. But hey, I'm here and they're not. So I can be petty like that on this show as I have two new nicknames. And crazily enough, ladies and gentlemen, this energy is so much better than whatever we got on Monday Night Raw in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, because that crowd absolutely sucked. And I respect the fine people at Wilkes-Barre, but you are not a great crowd on Monday. We got people defending themselves on Twitter. I try to cheer. We try to pop, but it wasn't loud enough as we make that segue to all the highs and lows for Monday Night Raw. And I thought that the opening segment between the New Day and the Usos were so good, but the crowd just gave them nothing. And what I liked about the promo is normally I hate when people call out one's lineage. Oh, you got in because of your father and your cousin and your uncles. But in the case of the Usos in a new day, it's always rooted in the respect. They've feuded on and off for the last six or seven years. They've had epic battles for the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles. So when you hear the New Day's testimony of, look, we began as preaching baby faces that didn't get over, sitting in catering, wondering where we want to get our shot. I'm starting up, up, down, down in the form of Xavier Woods saying, I had to do something to get noticed. We had to do something to stand out. We did that. You have your father, your cousin, your uncles having your back. And they said, Jimmy and Jay noted that we have pressure on us because of our last name, because of who we are, because of what our expectations are to be great. And you can understand that. So it was a very nice back and forth conversation. And it was going long because the crowd was so dead. And then 
We get Matt Riddle coming out for reasons I don't understand with his bongos to make jokes about bongs and shit. Like, it was so out of place, so tone deaf. Of course, it sets up a six-person tag team match involving the Usos and Solo versus the New Day and Matt Riddle. But up until that point, it was a great promo exchange leading up to the Undisputed Championship match for the tag team titles on SmackDown a few days later. But the crowd was so dead for a segment that deserved so much more in terms of reception and heat and love for both teams, in all honesty, Scott. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I As far as the, you know, I'll kind of break this down piece by piece because I, I feel like that's how this segment felt to me. You know, we get the the first part, which is the New Day Usos promo exchange, and I thought it was excellent. The points they laid out, I love the way they played two sides of the coin. You know, the Usos talk, or the New Day started it by talking about, you know, we had to, we had to get here on our own. We had to literally come from the bottom and build ourselves up. We didn't have anybody holding our hand or giving us a way in like you guys did. And then the Usos are like, yeah, but wait a minute. Y'all don't understand the type of pressure that that comes with, that having that name value comes with. Y'all ain't been in the ring. Like, and then the, let me tell you something, Xavier Woods in particular, he is one of the most undervalued because he doesn't, I, he could do this. Like he's so good on the mic. He's so good on the mic. Every time he's given something serious to dig into, he kills it. He had that crowd riled up and he he's done this before when he was going against Roman Reigns. He had the crowd with him when he was King Xavier going. He had the crowd like he's so good at talking. The Usos are excellent talkers as a group. And I just love how they were able to build the promo each point they were able to use against the other and continue to build that. Then, you know, the Usos eventually came back and said, you know, we had, you know, we dealt with that pressure, and then the new day said pressure. We literally got booed out the building and had no choice but to make this work. That's real pressure. Like I love how they were able to just keep building this. So then we get to the next part. We get Matt Riddle, Keila. I like you said. For what reason? Like he is literally a worse version of what Dean Ambrose was when he was here. And I I, I chose Dean Ambrose for a reason because. We see now what Dean Ambrose could have been. We see now what John Moxley could have been. Dean Ambrose was this guy who would come out in a main event segment and make corny jokes like this. And it like this is doing nothing for Matt Riddle. I'm a guy who has been so high on Matt Riddle and, and thought that this dude could be playing in the main event and just mixing it up with guys. And now I'm like... I just groan when I see him on my screen and I, I have no idea. Like I'm shocked. I feel like that. And I'm so disappointed. I feel like that because of where we were, what, three months ago, you know, it's, it's just crazy to think of how far Matt Riddle has fallen. And he seems like he's having a ball and like, this is not what I want out of Matt Riddle, especially when you had this great talking segment. So I get why the crowd was like, If I was in the crowd, I wouldn't care either. But as far as the New Day and Usos go, that was an excellent promo exchange between those two. Matt Riddle just, he was just there. He killed the vibe. And I hate to roll my eyes, but that's what I did because like, why are you here? And I also love the point of Jay mentioning that if it wasn't for us for fitting that match years ago on SmackDown, 
there would be no Kofi mania. You would have mm-hmm. no WrestleMania moment, no championship, no kids in the ring celebrating with you with your T-shirt and your belt. Like we did that for you. Without us, there will be no moment for you at WrestleMania. So that hit as well. And the fans just sat on their hands and didn't react to any of this, which annoyed me even more besides Matt Riddle popping up and killing the vibe dead. So if Randy comes back, I hope he does. I'm going back on what Jeremy told us months ago. At this point, have Riddle turn heel. So I would care about him being a bit more serious than what we're getting right now. Because ever since it's me with Rollins, it has not been very good. And I'm not encouraged by him teaming with Elias, which is going to which is going to lead to Elias turning heel on Matt Riddle at some point. I'm not going to care about that very much. So Riddle needs something quickly to get back on track. But Paul, what are your thoughts on the opener and the unfortunate interruption courtesy of Matt Riddle? So it's funny because if you had written this out on paper to me and said, okay, this is what these guys are going to say. And even the way Scott described it, um, I would say, yeah, you know what? I'd be like really into this promo and, and I'd be, you know, I'd be all for it. But between the dead crowd and even the delivery, and maybe, you know, those two things are not unrelated. Sometimes you say things and you expect to get a reaction. You don't get a reaction and it kind of hurts the vibe. And then, you know, you're expecting to be able to build and you, you don't have that reaction to build from. I think the problem here was um, one thing you got to realize um, WWE is really hot right now. Um, their crowds are like double what they were like even six months ago. So what that means is there's a lot of new fans coming to these shows, a lot of young kids, a lot of people that maybe haven't even been watching in past years and are coming back to the product. And I think that a lot of the stuff that these guys were talking about, they had no clue what they're talking about. Like when they say we were in catering and, you know, even the stuff like, you know, like you were handed your spot by your family or whatever, what you're looking at is you're looking at the two legendary teams in WWE and, um, you know, for people that are watching the show every week and are buying tickets to the show and they're big WWE fans, these are like two of the best tag teams of all time. And they don't really want to hear about one of them sitting in catering and the other one being handed a spot by the bookers. They just want to see them wrestle and and cut promos on each other, and you know you know what I mean. So I think that they missed um, they missed something there, and and uh, and then Riddle coming up. I mean, we can all agree that was just pointless. And I, I like I Scott comparing it to Ambrose. I never thought of that, but that, that's a great comparison. And uh, they used to do it with Owens as well. A lot of times, Owens would just randomly show up and start talking to people. But Owens did it a lot better. Uh, than Ambrose or uh, Moxley did because Owens does pretty much everything better um, and he would have done this better. But, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but, you know, I just thought that whole segment, you know, the match, you know, the between the, the, the segment and the match, I think it was like 40 minutes of airtime it took up and it was like, I got the sense, like, oh my God, they've got like about an hour and 45 minutes of TV of material written here, but they have to f- use three hours to fill it. So we're in for a long show. <laughs> and that, that was just like, it just set me in a bad mood at the start of the show. And they never got me at all. I was very grumpy as well. And it's very interesting when you talk about the content of the promo and there's always a famous saying of where, let's just say, what if this show took place somewhere else? Like Brooklyn, would the fans know what's up? Philadelphia, most likely, Boston, Mm -hmm. L.A., Chicago. Mm -hmm. 
those markets, even Atlanta, for example, you would get a better response in terms of content versus what this crowd gave us, which was nothing. And they were flat for the majority of the show. It, it just felt like, why are we here? We bought tickets and we're just sitting here at the ballet, the opera, and we're just here and we're offering no energy. It reminds me of when Monday Night Raw ran the Cajun Dome three years ago and Sasha Banks kicked off the show. They were dead from Jump Street. And WWE social media read that crowd for filth. They even did a YouTube video, what's wrong with this dead ass crowd? So sometimes <laughs> it's the people and not all the people, but my Lord, why buy a ticket if you're not going to react to anything for the majority of the show? You know, I, I will say this though, T speaking about content, one little part I actually did enjoy with Riddle, they did a great job of showing the three different personalities of Solo, Jimmy, and Jay, of how mm -hmm. dynamic all three of them are with how they reacted to Riddle. Solo no-sold it, straight face. Jimmy was like, cool, I'm in. I'll have fun with it. Why not? You know, <laughs> why not? They, they, can be, they can be bummed out. I'm not. And Jay smacked them. Like, that That was perfect. I, I thought that part was perfect. Yep. I just wish it wasn't Riddle. Who was there? Like, I, I I think that was a great example of all three of their personalities. I just hate that Riddle had to continuously make this bong joke 20 times. Like, we got it. We got it two weeks ago when you started it. This is, I hope this doesn't become Johnny's whistle and we start seeing him carrying around the, carrying around the bongs. Oh, God. That is not a pleasant thought for me to have right now because I was trying to recover from Johnny giving me comedy a couple of weeks ago via the 60-minute spoof, which I actually laughed at, but the whistle's got to go. It came back on Monday. Do not give me that flashback, Scott. Why did you do that? But no, we don't need the, we don't need the bongs in canon. But the most egregious thing that Riddle did on Monday was the fact he had the nerve to speak the word that is Sami Zayn's word to get yourself over. Right. Usi belongs right. to Sami Zayn and the bloodline and the bloodline only. Don't copycat somebody to get your own pop. It ain't going to happen. I wonder if it's possible that the part that Riddle played was originally supposed to be Sami Zayn. It's possible. And I think that Sami is dealing with a personal matter this week. Might be a death in yeah. the family. Not sure. That could be it. But even still, that's Sami's pop, not yours. It's like a copycat yeah. move. Yeah. So that if that's the case, then it, if that's the case, then you should have just left it as the new Dan Usos and just left it at that, like that. Yeah. And you you can still do the you could you can advertise that match. You can still have that match. Just have those yeah. two teams do the promo, and that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Don't get too cutesy with it. But they went in that direction, and we got a dry ass show because of it. As we move on to a return that I thought that I knew was going to happen weeks ago, I had my pick. But WWE decided to go in a different direction as AJ Styles and the OC have finally found an equalizer for Rhea Ripley for now. And it is none other than the returning Mia Yim. And I'm sure Shelton Benjamin's thrilled about this <laughs> in kayfabe because they beef all the time on Twitter, which I love. But I love this for Mia Yim because she got absolutely torched with Retribution a couple of years ago, reckoning when she had to pretend that she had hives and she had to roll over like she was on fire that was the lowest of low points and unforgivable by shit booking courtesy of bruce pritchard and company but she's back now as me again whooping ass and rhea ripley and i'm very happy for her so grandpa 
Paul, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on Mia Yim's return to WWE? And does she fit in the OC for now? To, um, To quote the great Canadian band Sloan, I was underwhelmed, if that's a word. (laughs) <laughs> um, I we had so many different choices that it could have been, and I'm happy to see Mia Yim back in WWE. Don't get me wrong. Although, if it was up to me, and if I was advising people, I, and if they had a choice, I would have put. I would have suggested that AEW would have been a better place for her, and the Kingdom should have gone to WWE. But that's just me. Um, I don't like the fit. I don't, you know, I, I think Charlotte or Raquel would have fit better with this group, but, um, you know, it, I mean, they, the crowd reacted kind of, it's one of the few things they actually did react to on the show. And, um, you know, they like to see the women brawl and I think her and Rhea will have good matches. Um, but I also, I just have a funny feeling that, you know, like two months from now, Mia Yim isn't going to be with this crew. Um, I don't know why, I just have a feeling and I would be more than happy to be wrong. I feel it's a temp situation to get her through the end of the year and that'll give us some six person tags, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's very happy for Mia to do what she does best, which is wrestle kick ass accordingly. She was in her groove in NXT and then they killed it dead on the main roster. So here's hoping she gets a second fair shake on Monday Night Raw. But as always, it's to follow up. It's the follow through and it's what you do after this feud is over. Cause we all know the end game ultimately is Beth Phoenix coming back from the dead, allegedly to get Rhea Ripley between now and possibly the Warrior Rumble. Cause I am not going to forget that Rhea has a hairstyle of somebody that she's paying tribute to, even though she's not dead, Scott. Yeah. Shout out to the late great <laughs> Beth Phoenix. Um, so I'm going to be honest with you. I'm all for Mia Yim coming back, but she don't need to be pinning Rhea. Like that, that certainly doesn't need to be happening. And I think Rhea should go ahead and just run through Mia. I mean, like, let's just establish Rhea as this monster where I think you do more to establish Rhea. If Mia Yim comes in, you bring her in It's this hype, you know, the hype man, she's here, you know, she gets the beating, but then Rhea just comes through and smashes her at the pit, the match. It's like, whoa, all right. You already got the tease of Rhea versus Bianca because that's a big-time matchup. I, I I think Rhea needs to run through her. I'm, I'm all for Mia Yim being here. She's a great addition to the roster. The roster needs to be bloated a little bit with more talented women who can go. Um, so I, I'm all for that. But as far as you know, what this means long-term, I'm, I'm okay with it being short-term as long, like long as she's not pinning Rhea, Rhea should not be taking any pinfalls. And if the women are involved in the finish, she should be running through Mia Yim. I completely agree with that. A nice side feud. Rhea should win every matchup. I totally agree. And we have to mention the stare down very briefly backstage on Monday between Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. coming. Hopefully at WrestleMania, if Charlotte's not going to be the opponent, that needs to be built up for months. They know where the money is, and I'm ready for Rhea Ripley to be the next champion if WWE has that in their back pocket. But can we just marvel at how in shape these women are? Good God Almighty. That was like 12 packs on display. (laughs) And and you know what? I'm I'm all for... I, I think when we get Bianca Rhea... I think whenever we get that match, I think that's when we get Beth Phoenix coming back to cost Rhea the title. I, I think that's how we end up getting to Rhea and Beth because I 
the way they've they've done Rhea Ripley, it's you got to be a monster. To t- and there's only a few monsters left in WWE. Bianca's one of them. The way they've set her up, but there's only a few people who should be beating Rhea Ripley. Bianca, I, I got one for you, Scott. Definitely. I got one for you. The Royal Rumble, Women's Royal Rumble. Um, you you do your thing. You have like five six women in the ring, and then Rhea comes in and she kind of cleans house. She does the thing where you know like people just keep coming in one by one, and Rhea just keeps getting rid of them. And then Beth comes in at like number mm. thirteen, and it's just the two of them. And, I like that then, too. Yeah. yeah, just like the old Stone Cold and Brett thing. It's been a while since they've done that. And that would plant seeds for something at possibly the Elimination Chamber, a bridge to WrestleMania. Yeah. And then you'll find your way to Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania if Charlotte's not going to be the option because we don't know what they're going to do. We've been waiting for Charlotte to come back for months. It hasn't happened yet. I actually miss her now because SmackDown is we get too lately. And later, Oof. I should say, um, <laughs> it needs Jesus. A they need exorcism. me a M. They need. Yeah. You know what? You're right. They, they need me. A they M. could really use her for real. They need Mia Yim. They need Piper Nevin. In all honesty, they need some pieces on that show. Because as we'll get to eventually, I hate to say it, this division, as it stands right now, is pitiful. But we'll get to that later. They could use Tiffany Stratton, let alone. You know what? You're not wrong either. You're not. (laughs) You're not wrong. Yeah. The accuracy. I mean, it's just pathetic. Give me Stratton in there instead of BFAB. Just just throwing that out there. Oof. Agreed. Agreed. But we'll bury the division later. And we're going to do it with love because we want it to do well. But Lord no have mercy. Oh, it's rough in these streets. But let's talk about a three-pronged main event angle that went down on Monday Night Raw that actually might have revived the crowd for a good 15 minutes. So we got a three-fold situation involving Seth freaking Rollins and his blonde hair, which I like. We got Bobby Lashley still mad about Brock Lesnar beating him at Crown Jewel. Then we have now former Mr. Money in the Bank, Austin Theory, all in the mix here. So Seth is going to issue an open challenge for the U.S. Championship at the top of the second hour. Initially, Finn Balor comes out to accept the challenge because, as we all remember, Seth cost Finn a shot at the title a couple of years ago, and he wants his pound of flesh. He'll get that on Monday. But instead, AJ comes out and that gets to the Miriam reveal to go after Rhea Ripley. So the challenge is set for the main event. Mustafa Ali, who's been getting very icy reactions as of late because, you know, when you book to shit, you're not going to get the love from the crowd. Booking will hurt you if you're not booked strongly on this show as a babyface. And I kind of felt the vibe last week when Seth went up against Austin Theory that, hmm, Seth is leading into being a babyface a bit more And he's about to be 10 years in in WWE on the main roster. So you can kind of feel the vibes of a babyface change happening at long last. So to protect Mustafa Ali from the pushback, Bobby Lashley beats his ass backstage. (laughs) Throws throws him over the crates. Disrespectful. (laughs) Absolutely. That that was one of the most disrespectful toss out the toss out the pictures I've ever seen. Get out of my face, boy. <laughs> he not only did it once, but twice. The disrespect to get that man out of the frame two times. <laughs> mm. And he says, Seth, 
I haven't forgotten how you won that championship for me by calling out my background in the military. You said I wasn't faithful to my country. You go to me into my match. Brock beat me up. Ain't forgot shit, son. So I'm coming for you. So in some ways, that's a baby face move by Bobby. But at the same time, you beat up Mustafa Ali. And I laughed. So we get Bobby coming out. And he absolutely demolishes Seth Rollins, beats his ass from pillar to post. I'm like, well, this is random. A lot of time left on the clock. So we get Austin Theory. Now I want y'all to really marinate on this for a moment, okay? Because in booking, this is stupid. It's an open challenge for a championship. Why do you have to cash in your briefcase on a secondary title for an open challenge. Second of all, when did the rules change for Money in the Bank? You could challenge any championship, not just the main, main one, but tag team titles, IC title, US title. Hell, even an NXT championship is up for grabs. So Austin Theory cashes in his Money in the Bank briefcase, hits the pedigree on Seth Rollins for a near fall, and... Rollins fights back, but he's beaten down by Theory and Bobby Lashley from earlier. Theory hits eight town down. Bobby Lashley pulls the referee out of the ring and says, no, Austin Theory, you don't get to win shit either. He beats his ass, chokes him out in the hurt lock. But magically, at like nine and a half seconds before the count of 10, Theory (laughs) pops back into the ring and gets immediately curb stomped by Seth Rollins, the hero of the story, the conquering babyface we now presume he is to retain his championship to end the show on a high note. So we've accomplished three things. One, Seth Rollins, as we have been begging for a year on this very show, is back to being a babyface. The people sing his songs. They love him. They adore him. Good for Seth. Step two, Bobby Lashley is a heel. I presume. And we saw Shelton Benjamin and Cedric lose on this show. I'm guessing very soon the Hurt Business is being reunited and it will feel so good. Number three, Triple H says, all due respect to Austin Theory, I didn't pick him. We're going to try again next year. We're going to completely kill off Money in the Bank for this year. No cash in, nothing. We're going to just kill this off, try again with people I want to get over in this spot, revive this concept heading into WrestleMania next year, get a proper winner over, and go from there. Theory, daddy's not here anymore. Vince is gone. The protection is over. There's no egg to save you this year. So you're going to be sidelined. I don't think he's buried, but it was a direction and a decision to say, you know what? We're not going with you. You're not going to be beating Roman or Cody Rhodes. So my Atlanta versus Atlanta rivalry is dead. So, Scott, what are all of your thoughts on the three-prong main event angle that accomplished a lot of things for Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, and now Mr. Former former Mr. Money in the Bank, Austin Theory? Before I get to the three-prong attack, um, I would also like to point out Mustafa Ali jumped Bobby Lashley <laughs> while he was mid-sentence in his promo. I just also want to uh, – he was off camera and jumped that man, and Bobby was like, yo, are you serious? And threw him and, and tossed him. I just want to make sure everyone got the whole picture of how that looked. Mustafa Ali jumped him. Bobby tosses him out. It was excellent. Might have been one of the best things I've seen in a while. Didn't do a lot for Ali. Um, this – so – 
it was awful idea. Um, I, I, I guess the, the mindset was, you know, we're elevating these titles. So let's treat this as a world title. The only other time I've ever heard of anyone, any Mr. Money in the Bank cashing in their, their championship for anything other than the world title was, I know Otis talked about it with Tucker, uh, before he got turned on for, uh, cashing in the tag titles. And, uh, I think that's, that's the only time, but like, Keila, I mean, there's really nothing else to lay out. You laid out the stupidity right there. It was an open challenge. You know, you should have just threw him in the ring. And if Seth's going to be the fighting champion that he is, let him be the fighting champion. And then you lose the match. Then you smash him with the chair five, six times. Then you cash in. If you, if I mean, if you're so, if you have to have a belt, then you cash in after you lose the first time and you whoop his tail. But like, it's just the whole thing was stupid. Doesn't make any sense. Um, I do want to say one other thing, you know, Keela, you talked about you don't think Austin Theory was buried and I completely agree with you. And I've seen a lot of people online, uh, a lot of the discourse saying, you know, they're burying Austin Theory and he's buried. I don't think people quite understand what buried means. You're not being buried if you're in the main event. Okay, you can't be buried if you're in a still in a prominent position. He's not losing to uh freaking I, I you know he's not in the he's not losing to Tazawa or anything like that. So if he was being buried, he would you wouldn't see him. He wouldn't be on TV, he wouldn't be on main event. You that's being buried. Being buried is being forgotten about, is being pushed completely aside to the point where people don't even think about you. Now he may be getting put in a different spot, being put in a different spot. But this is this is certainly not a burial of Austin Theory. Triple H just doesn't see him as that guy yet. And like he's not 35. He's like 26 or something like that. So he's got plenty of time. But the whole this whole thing was completely stupid, made no sense, and did nothing for anybody except for Lashley and Seth. And uh, I've been asking for it. I hope Omos is also part of this Hurt business uh, because I think he'd be a great heavy. I mean, just that image of Lashley with Omos standing behind him is would be incredible. And, and MVP sitting there with the cane, all of them looking fly with the fresh suits. I mean, we know Omos got a great dress game now. So, yeah, I'm all for that, too. And I need all of that put on a T-shirt when they reunite mm-hmm. in their suits. Mm-hmm. Because I'm very proud to say that after I watched SmackDown, and I used to say that Legato was the cleanest crew. But when Joaquin Wilde wore a goddamn Pee Wee Herman suit, you lost the title. <laughs> Stop. It's a wrap. You know, I cannot wait for Bobby and them to get back together to show you how it's done because you screwed up, son. And you're trying to defend yourself. And you had Pee Wee trending on Twitter yesterday. No. I Stop. you like that. Stop it. <laughs> it was trending. And like, I knew it because like this motherfucker got like a Pee Wee Herman suit on in 2022 and says it's fresh. Stop. But we're pivoting here. So, Paul, as we get back off the fashion report, your thoughts on this crazy last 20 minutes of Monday Night Raw involving face turns, heel turns, cash in fails, and Mr. Farley getting yeeted by Bobby not once or twice. (laughs) So what I'll say is I I like the end result of what all transpired from all this, you know, uh, basically Austin Theory not having the briefcase, Seth Rollins' baby face, Lashley is a heel. Um, but how they got there and watching it unfold was, was 
just terrible for all the reasons that you brought up. I mean, just the psychology of, of everything is just completely backwards. Like the way that everything happened, I mean, Lashley should be a big time baby face. Austin Theory should be a heroic baby face jumping into the ring at 9.5, you know, to, so he doesn't get counted out. And then he just gets stomped. That's and a the great fans point. are, yay, you know, like, I mean, what? What am I watching? And and I was like, I honestly like if it was me and you know, I said this in the fight game group, like I would I would send Austin Theory down to NXT and just let him work on his character, maybe even create a new one, be a big, big star down there. You know, uh, maybe he's, you know, takes the belt from Braun Breaker and, uh, you know, and he's they can build the thing around him and he can wrestle all kinds of matches against different people uh, because. I, you know, I've heard people say that he's not that bad in the ring, which is true, but I mean, he can be carried. He's had some good matches with some good people, but I think he does still need some work. He is like Scott said, 25, 26. And I think, you know, six months to a year in NXT wouldn't hurt him. And then he could come back and, you know, and, and be better and maybe even be a bigger star. But um, you know, if, if this all ends up with, you know, a, a major heel stable of the hurt, hurt business and um you know seth rollins as a baby face and then you know like i i think that we're set you know and if i'm seeing cedric alexander instead of austin theory on my tv um you know every week for a while i'm okay with that too now for cedric see the one caveat i have with him is that he <laughs> always uses his outside voice he got toned that shit down for the hurt business reunion because he got on my nerves last year, just screaming constantly. Like, we're not outside, son. We're in the ring, indoors. Shut up. And I say that with love, because I love Cedric. But his promos, yelling all the time, was not it for me. But we have I hope. I tried to forget that. I'm sorry. Did I trigger me. you? I'm sorry. No, that's okay. No, no, no. You didn't trigger me at all. Um, you know, he's he's been doing promos on main event. Like I mentioned the last time I was on, like they actually do promo segments and stuff on that show now. And like I haven't been seeing that from him. So maybe, you know, that's one of the things he's been doing in his time off is working on his promos. One would hope so, because Shelton got a good one for the uh, yep. dot com recently, which I really liked as well. So hopefully the Herb business is back together very soon, suited and booted. And I cannot wait because I am all in on Bobby Lashley being a heel, even though I loved the babyface run earlier this summer. As we segue to NXT going down live from the WWE Performance Center, I want to call out a great match on the show. Might be my favorite match of the week by WWE. We'll see how I go when I go through SmackDown eventually. But I really enjoy JD McDonough versus Axiom. And for Axiom, this guy, a kid, as we know him as from his days on NXT UK, is so amazing. I love him. The mask gets me because I can't see his fucking face at all. No eyes, no expression. But this guy works head to toe. You just feel his offense, the transitions, the counters, everything is so silky smooth. And JD McDonough, I have gotten on him a lot. But I think after being on the show for a couple of months, you get to see what he was talking about. He is extremely methodical and surgical with how he attacks a body part. And I respect that. It gives the matches a bit more weight. And he doesn't want to just pin you or submit you. He wants to make you quit. He wants to win via ref stoppage. He wants to put you in 
the medical tent to get checked on for injuries. That's how sick he is. And I like that. So I love this match. It was a highlight of the show. Once again, crowd trouble has been a case this week in terms of heat, but I like this so much. And I really think that Axiom's got a shot to make it. JD is probably going to be a contender for the NXT title once again. But all in all, I really enjoyed the match and the finish, Paul. Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't my match of the week, um, but it on most almost every other week it would have been. Um, NXT had a really good opener, a uh, pretty good main event, and then this one, I think, if I'm remembering right, was like top of the like between the first and second hour, like top of the hour there. And, uh, you know, that's for me, that's like a really good show. It doesn't really matter what else you put on there. And I, I agree with everything you said about, about the match itself. I mean, a kid is, um, you know, he can, he can be that guy, you know, I, I envision him like, like Ray Mysterio, you know, for the last, you know, 15 years, um, a, you know, he can play that role. Um, he's not as charismatic um, in, you know, as, as Ray, but maybe better in the ring, you know, um, it's hard to say because Ray was so, um, like such a trailblazer and, um, you know, and, and influence, but I think a kid's got, you know, he's another one that's, I think he's 24. Like it's, it's crazy how many young wrestlers, the young superstars they have in WWE right now. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, the, the narrative was, oh, you know, all their guys are 40 and they've got no young stars and blah, blah, blah. And all the young stars are in AEW and it's completely flipped. And, um, you know, and, and so you got, you got these guys and, you know, even JD McDonough and I think he's a little bit older, but Tyler Bate and, uh, Charlie Dempsey and, um, you know, Dominic, like a bunch, ton of people under 30 and, uh, you know, the future's bright and, and Axiom and, and JD, um, these guys can have a rivalry for the next like five, 10 years between you know, NXT and the main roster. And, and I'm all here for it. And uh, this is the first time since JD McDonough has been on the main roster and essentially it has a different character because he wasn't doing this character in the UK. And it's the first time that I, it actually kind of made sense to me about what he was supposed to be. Like he was doing this thing with, you know, he had the, the 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 mannequin or whatever and he was like drawing on it and like doing like telling Braun breaker he's gonna like destroy his shoulder at this spot and all this stuff and it just it came off like he was playing a character that he didn't even understand and now it actually makes sense and uh, i could actually see him potentially winning the um you know the nxt title at some point and i wouldn't have said that even a month ago so uh, yeah this is really really good exact sentiments because I was burying this guy on the show repeatedly and I like him as a wrestler but the character was definitely a flaw but they got it together because they went in reverse trying to tell us who he is but you didn't show us who he is until now and it makes a gimmick make that much more sense which I'm very happy about but Scott what are your thoughts on Axiom versus JD McDonough one of the highlights from NXT this past Tuesday night Oh, you know, I've been on the JD train for a while. Um, I think Mr. Floating Head is incredible in the ring. <laughs> and um, the ace of NXT, as he likes to call himself. I, you know, a little thing that he's uh, in the promo exchange he had with Axiom, if you notice, he called out Nathan Frazier's injury. And you could, and he was correct in that, you know, the way Frazier sold it. So I, I like that he he knows like like you said, Paul. He knows exactly what injury he's going to attack, like where he's going to get you, and how that's going to affect you, and how long. Like 
I, I, I love, I really enjoy this character. And I think he's great to be working with for all these people. Like he, he's got a, a, more, a little bit more of a, a, a grinder, vicious style to him. You know, like when he puts on those submissions, they, they look like they're doing something. They don't like, like they're just holding there while they're getting ready to do the next thing. So um, I'm all for an axiom. I think they, he could be the next mask guy. Like he could be the guy that starts selling the mask because Rey Mysterio can't, he's not going to be there forever. And you, you need somebody who can do that, who can sell the mask. Like it's good to have somebody who wears a mask. That's not a monster. You know, that's not the fiend. You know, you need somebody else with a mask that the kids can start wearing and stuff. So I think it's smart and he can go in the ring. So that means he'll always be able to get a reaction. He'll always have the younger crowd with him. He'll always have the work rate, you know, uh, uh, internet crowd with him. So those are two distinct uh, 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 crowds that he's going to be able to draw and attract at all the time. So I think it's smart to have a mask on him just from a marketing standpoint. I agree. Can we just make the mask a bit more visible, please? He can also stop with the uh, the super speed in his entrance, too. I don't know what that's I like that. Do you? I think it's so corny. Oh, I don't know. I, I think it's different. It's cool. You you uh you forgot JD McDonough is the Finn Balor Funko Pop. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. That's yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Let's see. I, I think I mentioned that before, but whenever you talk about about that, it just like just go if you Google Finn Balor Funko Pop, I mean you get literally get a picture of JD that's, McDonough. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. He's also like he also looks like the guy. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Ninety Day Fiance. Oh, but he looks yeah 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 the haircut for sure yeah yeah with the haircut is he's got the same face as that little guy on that show. I think like what he's going for is kind of like um like uh, what's that guy's name Patrick Bateman the um, American Psycho like that kind of it's kind of oh what he's doing, right? Christian Christian Bale play Christian Bale character yeah yeah okay yeah I I could see that. Yeah, I can see that you say it. Yeah. The way you've buried J.D. McDonough in the last 60 seconds. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) It's love. love He's great. We we just gave him all love in the ring. We think he's fantastic in the ring. (laughs) He's just a floating head, though. We're just giving him marketing ideas. (laughs) It is what it is. He should be getting a commission on those Finn Balor Funko Pops. Come on now. For real. Paul's trying to help him. He's just letting him know yeah. what's out there. Like when you search those, he's, if his image comes Finn, up, like there's likeness there. Finn doesn't need the money. Right. So yeah. you're trying to give Finn's charity money to JD. Like no yes. need for you to have a Funko Pop. Use so he mine. can afford a better haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I thought me calling him Budget Finn Balor was bad, but this is so much worse. <laughs> Well, let me tell you this. I ain't buying no Funko Pop of Finn Balor if he ain't got no purple purple flag hanging from the side. So let me tell you that. If he ain't repping Finns, if he ain't repping Finn gang, I don't want it. So let me just throw that out there. We need an update for the Finn unit. We really do. So I need the updated <laughs> Finn Balor pop with purple, with the bandana, with the swag. Finn gang. I need that. Finn gang. Oh, my God. Can we, we get repping that Finns for- over here. For fan access next year at the Superstore. Because those are so much better than those damn dolls by Alexa Bliss. I digress, though. I'll, I'll make some calls. Real talk, I need, I need, the, I need the, like, the big set with the four of them. And I need all of them to have a purple flag. 
Come on, Mattel. Come on. Come through. Holla at me. Come on and give us. That's a- marketing idea right there. That's that's a great idea. Collect all of them. You know, you can, you can even just sell them all separately and have a set. And then you can make them all, collect all four of them to get the judgment day set. Don't let me be shady because I'm about to be. Complete with go. the uh, ball and gag for uh, Ray and Dominic. <laughs> oh, 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 does Damian Priest have a camera? <laughs> does he have a camera in his hand? And Finn Balor's in the corner on the phone like, I'm coming home, Mom. I'm coming home, honey. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Wait a minute. These adult items so separately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can buy accessories for your Funko Pops. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. If you, yes. Is that what's going on here? If you yeah. need that extra kink for your SNM collection. Well, we were talking in XT. It was only a matter of time before we got the horny hours, right? Yeah. You no, know, we're approaching that hour. So it's very fitting. Yeah, every we got time to, we to the show. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, handcuffs, ball and gag. Um, whips and chains that would be a part of the after dark collection for the judgment day available <sighs> at um insurrections near you across america mm. or tokyo valent do you know they change your name i know all the shops in america so you know a story near you for the adult section for mattel but that took a turn very quickly i was going to say dominic not included but that would have been real shady if dang <laughs> <laughs> Dominic is a man okay that is a man right there just because Rhea says he's a man does not make him <laughs> okay she's stroking his ego and other things but he ain't a man <sighs> not yet I just want Ezra to get his check because he originated the fucking group and he deserves a check for his two months of service before it all went to hell but it got better by some miracle but all of this is much better than Von Wagner's promo from NXT. Now, I want to be fair because, you know, when he talked first during the Grayson Waller effect, I didn't hate it. You know, he, he spoke his truth, but then he does the thing that bothers me. It's the opposite of what I got from the Usos and the New Day. When you bring up your family and your uncle and your dad got you here and I'm second generation too. And I had to like, wait a minute, but how you got the job? You second gen, right? So you too got through the door. And in fact, you before Braun was in the main event vying for a championship on the first 2.0, bitch. What you crying about? You was main eventing before Braun Breaker main evented. He was beefing with LA Knight on his first appearance. What were you doing? Main eventing. Let's not forget that, son. But I digress on all of that. But the longer he talked, I'm like, please stop. You've gotten better. But he just, those eyes just go start veering when he's trying to remember all of his lines. And I'm trying with him, Scott. I know that he's your client and you advocate for him. He's in line for a shot at the NXT title this Tuesday against Braun Breaker, but you could have told your man to stop at second generation star and how Braun beat him. But in reality, he beat him first. Just saying. So I kind of disagree. I thought he was really, I thought he was pretty good. Like I really enjoyed it. Now I will say you did destroy the logic there, but what he, but the way he, I thought his delivery and stuff was pretty good. I, the, when he started, I thought was when he struggled. And then when Braun came at him, 
his rebuttal to Braun when he showed some fire and he got a little fired up and was like, yo, nah, it ain't going down like that. Like, I thought that was really good. Now, you 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 bring up good points about he was in the main event, which he also brought up. Like, I was there, I was in the main event. Like he, So you bring up good points about that. But, I mean, we, we, we talk about what this show should be. And this is... This is what we should be seeing, though. Like, if he would have did this, if we would have had the same segment six months ago, I guarantee it wouldn't have been even close to this good. It would have been awful. Like, he would have had no clue what was going on. He'd have been a deer in headlights. But he carries himself differently. His walk to the ring is different. I like the way he shut up Stone and told him, nah, you be quiet. I got this. Like, I I really enjoyed the segment. Um, It wasn't nothing groundbreaking it wasn't nothing i'll probably remember two weeks from now but for what it was in that vacuum i i thought vaughn did pretty good i'm gonna use a golf reference the front nine was great back nine sucked i didn't like the back end of that promo i just felt like he was meandering a bit and kind of lost his confidence a tense a little bit but for what it was i wasn't offended the crowd was dead and it really speaks to a trend of bond breakers title defenses and feuds being very flat since stand and deliver against Dolph Ziggler. He's had a bad stretch of opponents in terms of heat. And I cannot wait until next year. Get this guy out of here. Let the fans miss him for a good year or two. Get that man on the main roster so he can be a part of our SmackDown heading into the Warrior Rumble and ultimately WrestleMania. The feuds are not hitting. And I will be shocked if he and Wagner produce magic. I think it's possible. We'll see how it goes on Tuesday. But the feuds from Joe Gacy to J.D. McDonough, to this have been a choice. Love the match against himself and Tyler Bate. That was a lot of fun at Worlds Collide, but in terms of meaningful feuds, it's fallen short over the last few months or so. We'll see if they'll bounce back via this match ultimately deadline in December, Paul. I I liked um I like the promo. Um you're right about the ending. I think he kind of lost people, including me. Like I think that like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I when he first debuted, I remember somebody saying, oh, yeah, you know, I think he's Wayne Bloom's kid or something. But it hasn't really been a part of the story. I don't think most fans realize it. I think maybe it's one of those things that you kind of knew at one point. But then, you know, like it's like he's just a, such a completely different character that you don't even think about it. Whereas with Braun Breaker, I mean, it's right there and it's so obvious. And, uh, you know, and there's other uh, people like that, you know, even, um, you know, Brooks Jensen is, you know, he's somebody's kid. I can't even remember whose kid he is. It's a Bull Buchanan. Like yes. he's, yeah. Like, but I mean, it's like, it's, you know, you, they're just their own person. So I think that was completely unnecessary. And I think that's where they kind of lost it. But before, up until that, like he looks the part, um, he's a believable challenger. Like I'm actually to the point where, you know, like I could see him winning. Like I, I wouldn't, book it to book him to win but i mean if he did win it wouldn't be the worst thing put it this way it would be a lot better than when dolph ziggler beat braun breaker for the title um you know i think they've built him up over a year and uh you know he is a guy and you know they brought him to the main roster he's had a couple matches on main event um he looks he looks like a superstar and i'm i'm actually looking right now at the visual of of the segment you know the grayson waller effect and with the four guys in there and honestly, like of the four of them, there's one guy in there that I could see on the main roster looking exactly the way he does right now. And that's that is actually Von Wagner. 
you know, out of the four of them. I mean, they all technically could be, and, and Braun Breaker is going to be a star. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Von Wagner, but I think Von Wagner is like he's went from being this awkward dude that couldn't wrestle, that looked weird, and his gear didn't quite match his look and, and all this, and he couldn't do a promo to now where he's like just about ready to be on the main roster. And he could end up being one of the big success stories of NXT 2.0 when all is said and done. Um, you know, and I definitely wouldn't have thought that at the beginning of the year or even even like four or five months ago. I agree. I, you know, Paul, you, you bring up a good point about Vaughn, the challenge, the way they set up Vaughn as a challenger. They talked about that um, in the, where the, the commentary team was talking about that and how this will be the biggest opponent that Braun has had to face for his title. And I, I think that's a good story to kind of tell. And I think that should that will add to Braun when we start seeing him tossing around this big hoss. Um, and, you know, I always say with people like that, like everybody doesn't have to be this world beater, dominant world champion or have to be this projected future multiple time world champion. Like, Sometimes guys are just going to be solid hands to have that you can put anywhere on the card. And Vaughn has really turned into that, especially for NXT right now. He's definitely improved. I could not have said that six months ago. I do love the growth. He has a ways to go. Promos have gotten better. was a little rough for me towards the end of the of the Grayson Waller effect on Tuesday. But I do respect the fact that he took notes, got in the lab, got better, because it was rough for a while, but he has gotten better. Big test on Tuesday, not only for himself, but Braun Breaker as well. This is basically the recruitment class of 2021, a year later, in the main event, presumably speaking, for the title. We'll see how it goes. I might have a corner of a cheddar biscuit for Von Wagner if he delivers Stop next <laughs> Tuesday. I said a corner. No, no. No, I'm not I, I'm not even allowing you to let that man with that with them bulging eyeballs get a piece of your cheddar biscuit. I said a corner if he does well on Tuesday. I said a corner biscuit. A corner biscuit from Popeyes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> not quite red lobster quality, but a a corner uh, of a of a biscuit from Popeyes. That's all I can give him. They're not bad. Popeyes is solid. They're solid. It's very, very good. Red lobster, but they're all right. Nice. Vaughn ain't winning though. He he definitely ain't winning. They saving. They saving uh, Braun for Apollo. That that's got to happen. Yes, I want to see that too. Hopefully a deadline. But uh, the series finale of Atlanta's in my head and was all about Popeyes, so I'm kind of stuck on it right now. Delicious, delicious meals when you need them outside of cheddar biscuits. As we segue to after food and whips and chains to the main event of NXT involving Scott's favorite tag team, Casey and JoJo, Katana <laughs> Chance and Caden Carter. <laughs> see how he flips on them every other week. I love them one week and then the next. Mm. See, that's Scott for you. Just shades them at every chance against Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons in a rematch for the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. Their first match was better, but I like this one too. And we caught the vibe. Booker T telegraphed it saying, I don't see it in Nikita Lyons' eyes that she has the same fire to win this match as Zoe Stark. Holy hill turn, Batman. 
Thanks a lot, Poker, for letting us know exactly what's going to happen. Match is very good. High flying from Katana Chance and Caden Carter at one point. But ultimately, it comes down to Zuri Stark almost running into Nikita Lyons. Nikita eats a double super kick from Chance and Carter. And ultimately, Zuri Stark gets hit with the 450 splash by Katana Chance as they retain the tag team titles. And as a show of respect, Nikita was going to present the titles to Caden Carter and Katana Chance. And Zuri Stark, I got to say, has a very mean belt shot as she wiped out Nikita Lyons with a belt shot to the face. And Katana Chance and, and Kaden Carter ain't shit. They said, well, you know what? We're going to go. This ain't our fight. This is yours. We ain't got nothing to do with this. Pre- we, got, we have nothing to do with this. Please give us our titles. And Zoe chucks them at him like, you can go now. And she knees Nikita Lyons and the fans chant for Zoe because they love moments in NXT. They cheered her to wrap up the show and this feud will continue. We expected this for weeks now. Zoe has been showing some baby, some heel tendencies, I should say. And the finish made sense. We'll see how Nikita carries things her in. But Zoe Stark, I know she will always give what needs to be given in these situations. So Paul, what are your thoughts on the main event and the heel turn of Zoe Stark to Nikita Lyons? Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if it actually will end up being a heel turn, given that the fans cheered her and seemingly don't like Nikita. But, um, you know, I think they'll, they tend to just um, run, you know, like they'll, they'll just run forward with, with what they got planned. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. I kind of really like the team of Nikita and, uh, and Zoe, and I kind of wanted to see where they would go. And I think the fans were really into them. And I think that false finish that we got a couple weeks ago where it looked like they were the champions like kind of showed like everyone was so happy and they seemed like they had some chemistry and you know and Caden and Katana like have been there forever and I'm not sure they really need the belt so um you know and I'm not terribly interested in seeing a Nikita versus Zoe feud but I guess that's what we're gonna get and um you know I assume that it's just gonna be Nikita, uh, you know, getting the win and probably moving on because I just, I, uh, Zoe to me does not seem like the type of person that's going to do really well on the main roster. Although SmackDown could use her, um, as we'll get to, and you know, they could use a lot of people, but, um, yeah, that, I mean, but, but the crowd, you know, they liked it and, um, you know, we got, got heel churns on each of the first two shows, uh, or churns anyways, you know, I, I don't know if, Bobby Lashley, I guess technically that was probably a heel turn, but definitely Seth turned babyface. So, um, but uh, yeah, you know, and uh, that's you know they pe- what people want to see. They pop for events, they pop for turns, and uh, you know, and I guess I guess maybe that's we'll see that at um, what they deadline probably. Yes, the question is, will it be at four o'clock, same time as Ring of Honor's final battle, or eight o'clock on Peacock to be determined by WWE, of course. But, Scott, your thoughts on the main event of NXT involving your favorite tag team, allegedly, <laughs> and Zoe turning on Nikita Lyons and the crowd reaction to it for this week and this week only so far? The match was fine. Um, you know, it, the crowd certainly wasn't as hot as they were. It was last week or the week before when they had, like Paul said, when they had that false finish. I just, man, I, I just don't buy Casey and JoJo as this, like, dominant tag team and like they made this win a pretty like to me this came off as a pretty convincing win like we're clearly better than you and not like i 
the the look the shot of those two holding the titles Stark and Nikita like they I I believe them like I I believe that and the other part of it is I'm not looking forward to Zoe Stark cutting up standing in the middle of the ring cutting this promo about why she did it and how it's all because of the fans and it's all their fault and it's their fault that she's turning and like that's what I feel like is coming when I feel like if Nikita would have turned you got something with her. Like she could be, she could, you know, be this delusional person who thinks she deserves to be this A-list celebrity when she hasn't really done anything because of who her parents is. Remember her mom was a groupie, you know, so <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? She, she got all this. Like, I, I think Nikita would be a great heel. Like as just this, this insane delusional, you know, person who thinks she deserves everything. I think she'd be a great heel. Zoe Stark. I, I just think they have the roles reversed. The, the crowd says it. And again, the match was fine. I I just don't care about Casey and JoJo, man. They've gotten better. I can't deny that. Like, But I just don't care. And I can understand that. But let's be honest. There would be so much better on SmackDown helping this sad division, which we'll talk about momentarily. But now you've given me a flashback, Scott, because we cannot forget the early days of Nikita Lyons. Not only a noted wrestler, but she was also a choreographer and a rapper. Nah, she, she, she was not a rapper. <laughs> she, she, let me tell you one thing. She was not Keela. She may have been a choreographer. She may have been a singer, a quote unquote singer. Okay. Um, but let me tell you what she was not. She was not a rapper. I am not calling that those bars. Those are not bars. Okay. I would, no, absolutely not. Okay. So I have another question before we move to SmackDown. Here we go. If you had to pick, who is the superior rapper? Because we have not brought her name up in a very long time. She was an OG <laughs> legend on this show during our early days. So if you had to pick in a versus battle of one track, would you pick Nikita Lyons or Ollie J? Oh, oh boy! Wow. Jay was really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like that was all time. Like that was like, what's um, what's the what's the uh, meet me outside chick bad? Like, what's what's the meet me outside chick? The, the doctor. She was on Doctor Phil. Was like, meet me outside. T- Whoever her is, she's she's that bad. Like this is, oof. I, I guess Nikita. Damn, Paul, you can I mean, vote. I mean, <laughs> Paul, you get to vote what too on that? this one. Who is the better? Um, I'm gonna make them fall in love. I'm gonna make them run. Stop. No, 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 no. I'm not. I can't. I can't. It's like ask me to vote between like, you know, like Trump and like that freaking Oof. what's her name? K, that crazy like Kari Lake. No, oh. no, no. I'm not. No, no. I'm not voting. You know, it's, I, like, I mean, it's like asking who would you rather be have in charge of the country, Kyrie Irving or I, AJ Styles? I abstain. I abstain. <laughs> I mean, she looks good. Um. She looks real good. Um, but um, no, 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 no. I, I mean, 
I guess Ollie J. I mean, if I had to pick him. <laughs> oh, good. This is good. This is good, Paul. This is good, Paul. So yeah, cute. <laughs> when we take this road trip. Really, Nikita's really bad. Um, you know, and uh, yeah. I uh, At least she got a little rhythm, though. Well, yeah, like you know, she can. She probably can sing, but uh, I, I her, her music video would be better than Ali J's. Definitely. But, I mean, you can mute it and just watch. <laughs> so, I mean, my well, Keila, if we're watch. taking this road trip and you and you get to pick which song we're listening to oh. on repeat all the way there, which one are you making us suffer through? Okay, I'm, I'm jumping out the here. car. Oh my god. I'm locking them doors. Child yeah, locks on all of them. Okay. No, so I'm, I'm not listening fair. to that. I'm gonna be fair, guys. Okay. So we've learned the difference between SoundCloud performance and live performance. Mm-hmm. So if I don't play the live performance, I will repeat the SoundCloud version of Ollie J's song over Nikita, who oh has no bars. I hate to say it. <laughs> I'm gonna make it fall. I can get into the, 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 you know, the chorus of that. Now, if I have to play it 20 times on the road, I will also be joining Paul and falling out of the car, and Scott's by himself for the rest of the way, and we'll meet him somewhere down the road. Well, then at that I, point, I, I can change the music. I, I will say this: <laughs> I'm a I'm a 51 year old um, guy. Uh, I people would say I'm white. I'm actually technically uh, um, uh, Métis, so I'm a, a 51 year old Métis guy from Canada, and I can rap better than Ollie J. <laughs> so I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> and and I'll I'll take that challenge anytime. I'll take that challenge anytime. Was it? Are you calling somebody out in a rap battle? Damn straight. okay so early 2023 early new year of the rap we're gonna have our first ever rap cypher (laughs) and we're gonna have a call out from paul fontaine noted rapper extraordinaire against somebody we're gonna get somebody from fight game media that can trade bars could it be gg Go on to the mic against. I'm not. Paul. I'm not. No. 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 I don't want to know that. <laughs> the Gigi no, spit. Me, no. No. Give Give me Dan Luke or something. Uh, no, no, the Gigi spit. I'll battle what? Gigi. I'll battle Gigi. Golden State versus LeBron. I'll battle give him. Me, get me DJ David Lovell. Um, <laughs> but you got to no, not Gigi. Join the Facebook group. You got to join the Facebook group, man. Great, great group of people. Yeah. You know exactly who we're talking yeah. about. Come join the fight I, I game Facebook group. I, I don't want. I don't want that. I don't. I don't want. I don't Gigi. want that problem. <laughs> no. Gigi coming hit you with the win, I lose. Bars. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to make this happen for charity. Uh, We're gonna give. I'm just gonna re- I'm just gonna rewrite. <laughs> I'm just gonna rewrite some old Beastie Boys tracks. So, and see how that flows. I have to make this happen now. So when Gigi gets his hands on this recording, I'm going to tell him to timestamp the exact moment <laughs> oh, no. the challenge was issued. I'm going to make it happen. It's going to so be our Warrior Rumble rap cipher. On You're going to edit this to where I challenge him, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And here's your challenge, Gigi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I said, I don't want none of this. And it's going to come out like, oh, Gigi don't want none of this. <laughs> Hey, we're going to hear, next time we have Paul on, we're going to hear Paul, listen, yeah. listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, man. 
I can't be wait like now. The, be like the ass boys against uh, against Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. Oh my goodness! <sighs> Which I'm one am I? Forward to it now. You're. Um, I'm definitely the ass boys. Well, I'm grandpa well, ass. Well, you are the grandpa yeah. ass of the asses. Yeah. So yeah. you're the leader yeah. here. Oh yeah. my god! I'm, this I'm, show yeah. has taken another turn. Yeah. Several shifts in the last 20 minutes, but that's what we do here. We give you everything on the wrap. As we segue to Friday Night Smackdown going down live from Indianapolis, Indiana, a more receptive crowd than the one in Pennsylvania this past Monday. And I have got to shout out the New Day versus Usos for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, a very strong match to kick off Smackdown. We wanted 45 minutes in the main event. Scott did not get that, but this was still really good stuff. The near falls were everything. I thought the fans were being a little bit disrespectful because even though I love Sami Zayn, down. Give a little respect to the Usos. Don't chant Usi. Don't do Sami Uso when he's not physically out there. But thankfully, the work of the Usos and the New Day got the crowd into it down the stretch. I loved the random moms popping for the near falls, especially the redhead lady that was tipsy off top she was really into the match so i like that a lot ultimately the usos land uh elevated 1d on kofi kingston to get the win and as always whenever these two teams fight each other there's always a love of respect you can see the love that jimmy and jay have for kofi and xavier you saw the nod you saw thank you you saw the moment because these guys have brought it every single time from a pre-show at SummerSlam to hell in a cell five years ago these teams never, ever miss. And this match, like they did at day one in Atlanta earlier this year, just hit in every way, Scott. Yeah, I, um, I echo everything you said. This match was excellent. I thought this was a great match. I am actually kind of glad they went first because it adds a little bit of entry because you don't know how long it's going to go. There's no time restraints on it. Um, there's a lot more freedom with it. And you have a hotter crowd because you have them right from the jump. So... I did enjoy that, and I think this is one of the best tag team matches WWE's put on all year. And maybe that's a bit much, but I I thought that this felt like a big time match, and I thought they delivered a big time match. I thought the near falls towards the end were really good. Um, the the midnight hour on the outside, and then the one in the ring, really good near fall. I I had it made up that I knew they weren't going to lose, but I still kind of bit on that near fall. Uh, Love them catching Kofi on the cross body into the 1D on the way down after they teased that spot. After They've done a good job of using that spot. They did that spot at, 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 the, uh, at the crown jewel. So then when they set up for it here, you kind of like, oh, here it comes. And then they got rid of it and they hit it in a different way. So I like how they did that. Um, this is just an excellent, excellent match. Um, where, I mean, where does the Usos go from here? So now it becomes who becomes the team to break the legendary record of the new day of the Usos, uh, for the new day. It was, if I remember the newly created, the bar Seamus and Cesaro, I believe was the team that ended their historic reign. Um, I could be wrong about that. But I'm curious to see who's it going to be because the bar ended up going on to become one of the best teams WWE's had in a long time and excellent team in and of itself. So that becomes the next big question because it's, you know, Keela, one thing we always talk about on this show with anything, the follow up. You know, who who are they grooming? Who are they getting ready? 
who's got next because that's so important because whoever ends this reign, I mean, that, you're getting a huge boost to your team. You're getting a huge uh, rub. So I think that's really important going forward. But four and a half salty tears for me for this match. Agreed. So, so good. And you know what I want. You know I want KO and Sammy to win those titles ultimately, either in Montreal for Elimination Chamber or at WrestleMania if they wait that long. That is my go-to tag team to do what needs to be done with Sammy pinning Jay for the win. It's going to be a wait. We'll see how Survivor Series shapes out with War Games in a couple of weeks. It'll be a little tease of what's to come. But really fun match. Love their respect. And the hug it out session with Roman and the Usos is really nice to see as well with Jay holding on real tight because he's still got to make up for what he said a couple of weeks ago. saying, like, I don't give a damn what the Tribal Chief says. He hugged him real tight to let you know, yes, sir. I respect you, Tribal Chief. I love you. We're family. We're blood. We're champs. We know what it's like to be on an island of being record breakers and holders. So I love that for him because you still got to pay for what he said. But, Paul, what are your thoughts on the opener of SmackDown involving the New Day and the Usos for the SmackDown and Raw tag team titles? And we need some, and we need some new belts, by the way. Some fresh mm-hmm. belts to submit this record-breaking moment. Well, I said earlier that um, the JD, McDonough, and uh, Axiom match wasn't my match of the week in WWE because it was this one. And this um, may be my second favorite TV match of the year in WWE uh, behind the Donnybrook match. Um, you know, uh, about a month ago or a little more than a month, whenever it was, uh, with, um, Imperium and, um, and the Barling Brutes. Um, but this was, I mean, this was a classic and it hit me when I was watching this, like I've seen this, these two teams wrestle, you know, I don't know how many times over the last eight years, I think is when New Day formed. And, um, they, this is to me, like, this is the two best, I, well, I wouldn't say necessarily that they're the two best tag teams in wrestling. Um, there might be teams that are better, but these two teams have the best chemistry of any two teams in wrestling. And, you know, I'm sure other people are going to argue Young Bucks and FTR. Um, for my tastes, this is exactly what I want to see. And and it always hits. And and, the, and this this was no exception. And um, they just they just delivered. Um, they had so many like false finishes. And I mean, I actually like in my head, I knew that the Usos were almost certainly going to win. But they got me a couple times to where I thought, you know, and it made sense to have the new day um, end the rain before it gets to the record. Right. And then, you know, they could just lose it in a week or something, you know, and, and they could still do this thing. But to have the Usos actually now have that record um you know and to do it in a match this good against the new day which is their number one rival i mean it's just great storytelling and um and yeah just set the stage for what i thought was an excellent episode of smackdown and um i one thing i want to say and i i i have to go back and i was kind of trying to look back when scott was talking um, a lot has been made about the fact that earlier in the year, the New Day lost a match where they could never challenge again for the tag team titles if they lost. I'd have to go back, but I can almost swear that it wasn't that the New Day could never challenge. It was that that team could never challenge. And I swear Big E was on the team. Now, I could be wrong, but I seem to remember there was a brief period of time where they actually weren't referring to them as the New Day. 
for some reason. And it was actually like, I think it was Big E and Xavier. It might've been Big E and Kofi, but it was one of those two combinations. And, and it said they could never challenge for the tag team titles. So people are calling this a plot hole. And I actually don't think it was. Um, it's just been something that's been in my craw ever since, like, you know, people have, have mentioned it and I, I could be totally wrong on that, but I, I'd like to go back and, and look and see. It was definitely a phrasing thing because Vince had this weird kick of like, no, the New Day are separate. Big E is off, his, off doing his thing. And we have Xavier and Kofi doing their thing. So maybe the New Day weren't the New Day, which confused all of us at the time. Yeah. So it's Well, they possible. would definitely, they definitely were not the New Day um, for a, a period Xavier was probably hurt and, around that time, I, though. Yeah, so it might have been Big E and Kofi. And so Big E and Kofi were not allowed to challenge for the tag team titles, but they never actually said the New Day. Um, which is a technicality granted, but I mean, it, it was also Vince. So, <laughs> you know, um, I just, uh, but, but regardless, I mean, I, I love the storytelling and I love the fact that this was the last team they had to beat in order to get the record. And, um, uh, and yeah, it's, it's awesome. And the next thing, the next monument thing that's coming, I think is, um, Roman Reigns. And, uh, I did the math and believe it or not, he hits a thousand days the same weekend as Double or Nothing, wow. if he gets past WrestleMania. And I wonder if WWE won't put a pay-per-view up that weekend against Double or Nothing <laughs> and have Roman Reigns try to hit 1,000 days as uh, Universal Champion. We have some sad people. If Cody can't do it at WrestleMania or this special pay-per-view invented yeah. by WWE, that's big. Yeah. It's a big, big yeah. record. Oh, think about Cody being the one to end it right before 1,000 going against Double or Nothing. Ooh. Win it on the thousandth day. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> right? I mean, like if you listen, if you're if you're gonna go ahead and, and be like if you're gonna be petty and grimy like that, then you need to go ahead and, and go all the way with it. Like you need to like Roman needs to beat the rock at, at WrestleMania, you know, and Cody can have another match with somebody else, and then Cody needs to beat him on day not on day one thousand or day nine hundred and ninety-nine. No, it would be 1,000. So if they do it on the Saturday, which is the day before Double or Nothing, that's day 1,000. So I might do be, it the day before. Yeah, that's what Could, I mean. That, oh, on the, oh, on the SmackDown. Well, oh, so you're saying it's on the Saturday would be 1,000. Saturday is 1,000. So you can have Cody win the title on the 1,000th day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm with that. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think that, yeah, but I, yeah, do it on that thousand day. Like I said, originally, maybe yeah, you I do think- a match at WrestleMania. It's some kind of a screw job and, uh, you know, like the, you know, the bloodline. So then they have like a cage match or something on Hell in the Sky. I don't know if you something. want Cody losing, especially at Mania, well, man. Yeah. Or the title's held up. I don't know that that doesn't work because then Roman's not the champion. I don't know. Like, I mean, the the, the the scary thing is, is though, if they announce a pay-per-view on the same weekend as Double or Nothing <laughs> ahead of time, that gives away the fact that Roman's keeping the belt through WrestleMania. So, I, I don't know. This is fantasy booking of the highest. Right, 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 right. I think the math just works. You know, like I did, I actually did the math and it's, it's May, whatever that Sunday is or that Saturday, it's the Saturday before Double or Nothing is when he hits 1,000 days. So, yeah. The only trepidation that I have about all of this is a great idea, but it's going to lead to really strong shade from AEW side, specifically Tony Khan, is the fact that there's supposed to be a Saudi show in May. 
And, a Saudi show? Really? Um, yeah, because they're pushing it back oh. from February to possibly May after WrestleMania. So if they do a WrestleMania backlash in the States at the beginning of the month, they could do a Saudi show at the end of May during Memorial Day weekend, get back in the States for all. <laughs> that could be the time they do it. What I wanted in Saudi Arabia, and then Tony be really salty, like, hey, Cody, look where you wanted at, bitch. Like, do I want that all in one weekend? I don't know. Man, that's cold. <laughs> they did that. 2023 about to be wild. Yeah, it really Petty. is. Mike Petty. Gilbert would love it. Yo, shout out to Mike, man. You <laughs> all about the pettiness. Shout out to Mike. Yeah. King of Petty. We love him for that. And 100 episodes, Space of Impact, going down this week as well. Shout Check out to out JD, too. Yeah. Yes. Awesome, awesome host. And due to time constraints, we're going to go ahead and bury the SmackDown women's division now. We're going to table some discussions for next week if they play into war games on Peacock in a couple of weeks' time in Boston. But we got to bury the division. And I, I do it with love because I saw an advertisement on Twitter a couple of days ago with six women, Shotzi, Liv Morgan, Lacey Evans, Zia Lee, and Raquel Rodriguez, and I'm like, wait a minute. Are we doing another gauntlet match for a number one contendership shot at the SmackDown Women's Championship? Uh, great. Then I find that it's a six-pack challenge, and I care even less. I think Sonya was on the list as well. And I'm like, well, this is just so stale and basic and generic. We're in her face is Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series for the championship. Well, this lineup sucks because everyone maybe outside of, of Raquel are losers and then we get the six-pack challenge on Smackdown a bad match and there was a table spot that didn't table I don't know what went wrong it was a disaster Shotzi and Lacey had to go on the fly to finish the match somehow some way Shotzi wins in a very cold way she gets choked out by Shayna Baszler backstage thanks to Ronda Rousey providing the talk to backstage. But I look at the state of this division and as of right now, it's simply no good. There are no legit contenders unless you're talking about Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. That might be the, where the money is heading to next year. But this division is so weak. You bring back Emma and she's not in this match. And it's like, what are we doing here? The star power is lacking. No Charlotte Flair, no Sasha Banks, no Naomi, bring over Dewdrop, bring over Mia Yim, hell, bring over Zoe Stark if you need to. Tiffany Stratton's another option. This division needs a boost because right now it has no credibility at all, and it's a shame. And I'm tossing it to Scott to give his take on the situation because right now this division, as it is, is a hot-ass mess. As I was dreading a match, but looking at a poster on social media and realizing well, it's not, a, well, it's not a gauntlet match, a six-pack challenge, but I still don't care. And, you know, I think Zia Lee has been a part of every single gauntlet number one contenders match they've had. Everyone. I, I literally think she's been involved in every single one. And it's like you had Lacey Evans out there who did nothing. I, I, all she did was get pinned. Like, literally, that's the only thing I remember her doing in the match. Um, we, ha we have, and it's like the people you, you make the people who you've built up for months. Like I, I'm questioning what the thought process is with just like with 
th- this the match in general. Like you haven't been building Shotzi up, you know, who wind up when you haven't. She hasn't been picking up wins on the way here. Like even even if it, like if that was the case, you could at least ha- say, well, okay, well at least she's got momentum. Like what has Shotzi been doing for me? She got her tank back. That's cool, but like. What is I just you know in Raquel you're 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 wasting you're wasting her away. She should be doing so much more, you know. Long as she isn't taking any car rides with certain people's wives to the capital, she like she does great in the ring. Like she brings a lot to the table, and but then and then you've got Liv Morgan. Like, can we talk about Liv Morgan for a second? This is the woman who just beat who beat Ronda Rousey twice. Who you decided to to beat Ronda Rousey twice. And now she's just another woman in the match. She's not the standout. She didn't dominate the match and then just wasn't involved in the end. Like this is a former women's champion right here. This is someone who we've just spent the last year building up and, 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 and giving big wins over people and making you think that she's a big deal. And we've been giving her this, Akila. Uh, uh, how much time we got left on her explaining this character change that's supposed to happen? Because I, I want to know what's going on this week with it. Like it's, I just don't understand what we're what we're doing. We're like, we do great when we put these women with men. Like when Triple H puts a woman with a man, and she make and he makes her the centerpiece of the group, and she's in charge and she's running stuff. They do great. Zelina Vega, she's going to do great. Sarah Logan returned on the show. Looks like she's running stuff, you know. Rhea Ripley running things, but then you you don't know what to do with your uh, like you're not building up anybody. I just and then you you completely like you punked out Shotzi in the backstage segment. Like and I I loved it by the way. I loved that Ronda. Like I love this heel. Like let, just let her be the bad guy. But it's just like. Why do I care about Shotzi, who was a bad guy three weeks ago and randomly decided to start slapping hands with everybody because I guess she got her tank fixed? Like, I just I just don't care. I just don't care about any single person. Where's Piper? Where's where's Dewdrop? I don't care if it's Dewdrop. Where's Dewdrop, who was impressing me more and more every week, even though she was losing? I just, I don't know, man. The The, the division is in shambles right now, just waiting for Becky Lynch to come back. It's shambolic right now. And I go to Liv Morgan and she won her match last week against Sonya. Like, why is she not the number one contender for a championship? Right. But here's a problem with this, though. I'm not even going to blame Liv for this. Some people you work well with and some you just don't. And you might be best friends backstage, but there is zero chemistry between Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. We've tried it once, twice, thrice. It ain't working. So I don't want to go back to it because nothing works. And... TJ Wilson got read for booking that match the way he did at Extreme Rules, rightfully so, with the with the bat shots that didn't hit properly. It just was a mess. So it's a chemistry problem. I'm not blaming Liv. I've seen Liv. We've seen Liv have better matches against better opponents. It's just a bad mix. And if you're trying to protect her, I get it. But logically, you would think she's got the next shot. But chemistry-wise, 
I don't want to see it. And that really speaks to the lack of depth on this show and how you absolutely bitched out Shotzi moments after she won her match. It makes no sense. Give her some level of credibility. She has none going into Survivor Series now. She had very little going in, but you are supposed to help her by making her look strong, but you made her look weak moments later. It makes no sense. This entire division, as it stands, is a hot mess. And to keep it 100%, the only opponent, chemistry-wise, outside of Shayna, that could actually give Ronda Rousey a solid match, which we've seen on TV a couple of times, is Raquel Rodriguez. That's the only matchup that might pop on paper because we've seen it. Otherwise, nobody on this show has credibility right now in terms of chemistry and booking against Ronda Rousey outside of Shayna Baszler right now, Paul, but... It needs Jesus to fix this division, which is shambolic at this point. Needs, uh, yeah, Charlotte, uh, Sasha, Naomi, probably. Um, the The match was terrible. Um, the backstage skit that happened right after the match, and I agree, the Ronda portion with Shayna was great, but when Emma showed up and then she said, where's Madcap? And then Shayna just out of nowhere... You're crushing on Madcap. Was like, what? Like, where did this come from? And Emma's like looking at her, like, what are you talking about? Like, I know they're they're a real life couple, I guess. Which are somebody they? told me. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Oh, but okay. I mean, okay. there's nothing to suggest that <laughs> she just looked at her, and and even Emma was like, what? And then you know, and then she then she tried to act embarrassed, and it was just, it was so bad. And then it's like, so you're looking at these six women. And I thought, okay, it's either going to be Liv or Raquel is going to win this thing. And then so, uh, Shotzi wins out of nowhere. And then you're like, well, who else is in the division? Well, we got Emma who shows up and she's crushing on Madcap. And we've got, uh, I think, Aaliyah's injured and Natalia's injured. And then we had B-Fab and Zelina that, thank God, didn't wrestle <laughs> later, but they were supposed to. That's your division. I mean, you know, and then you got Ronda with the title and it's like I, until we get Charlotte or Sasha in this division or Becky, if they if they bring her to SmackDown, um, they, nobody's beaten Ronda for this belt. I mean, I think like she could probably defend it against all six of them at once and probably still win. Um, even Shayna could probably beat any one of them, given what we saw. So, yeah, they they, they got some serious work to do there. I'm going to tell you what, this is one of those times where I'm really, I'm really upset we're not getting a SmackDown versus Raw match because I would be very intrigued by a Bianca Belair versus Ronda Rousey match. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would be good. Ronda would show up for work. That Ronda would definitely show up for that one. There'll be no options because if you don't, you're going to get red. And it won't be Bianca, it'll be you. And we know it can be you a lot of times, Rhonda, when you care and when you don't care. It's very, very apparent. But yeah, that's the state of the SmackDown Women's Division. Not good right now. It's a hot-ass mess. And I feel for everybody because they deserve so much be- so much better in terms of booking. But Paul Levesque, this is your one-week spot. This division, which is bad right now it's surprising because that's your strength women's wrestling right now is very weak the star power is lacking the booking sucks you got to get better heading to the warrior rumble because who the hell is going to win that outside of maybe rhea ripley the only actual contender for something unless charlotte comes back alongside sasha banks heading into wrestlemania season and, and becky lynch as well but i think they're meant for bigger and better things if you're trying to go with becky and ronda rousey let's get there now 
let's not waste our time with this. I beg of thee, because this right now in this current construction sucks. I'm cool with Ronda running through the division. I, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm cool with her just running rough shot. Just, I mean, like, but I want to see her like two, three minute matches, like Goldberg style, just couple judo tosses. I'm snapping arms. Let's go home. Brock Lesnar style. Like, I'm cool with it. And then you, and then let the man come. And when the man comes around, things start, you know, going down. Like, that's I'm cool with that. If that's the plan, I'm cool. I'm I I am a okay with a dominant Ronda Rousey as a bad guy just being annoying until we get that great baby face to conquer her. That's what that's what they need. That's what this division needs is a great heel, and I think Ronda can be that. So let her run rough shot. I'll take that over boring ten minute matches on pay per view. Absolutely, I'll take it. And with that. We got to put a bow on the wrap this week. But before we go, very quickly, I want to get your guys' takes on your guilty pleasure and the one thing the fans should have voted all costs this week from WWE. So, Paul, kick us off your guilty pleasure and the one thing we should say hell no to for this week in WWE. Guilty pleasure was um, the Grayson Waller effect and not the interview segment um, that happened during it, but the scroller that was on the bottom of the screen while the segment was going on. I was not paying attention to a word anybody said in that thing. I was just reading that scroller and killing myself laughing. Um, they, this is the second time they've done it, and I just love it. And uh, I'm probably the only person, and there's like inside jokes in there, and there's like just it's the worst message board trolls like comments and and uh, Grayson Waller dick riding that you'll see, and it's I love it. I'm here for it. And uh, my avoid at all costs is everything on Monday Night Raw. This week, Damn. yeah, that show Damn. was terrible. Ooh. Show Dan was terrible. Dan Wilkes Barrow, you really broke Paul this week. Terrible. Ter- okay, okay, Charles. <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Okay, Scott. Terrible. And your terrible Lakers. I'm sorry. <laughs> reflex. What? <laughs> you no reflex. You ain't got no acid reflux. There ain't no reflex. <laughs> you know, it's just you know. I have I have a thing when I just rib you out of nowhere, but your guilty pleasure and one thing outside the Lakers to avoid at all costs. <laughs> Holy hey, W E. Yeah, ice cold cash over here taking shots. Um, no, my uh, my guilty pleasure. Hey, I love 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 those mellow barbershop segments. I I, oh, yeah. I could have those every week. Love the mellow barbershop segments. So give me those. I'm I'm all for it. I think those are real cool. My avoid at all costs also comes from 2.0 since Paul went ahead and took care of Raw for me. So I don't have to say anything from that show. But from 2.0, can we talk a minute about Alba Fire and how we got the, not only did we have the Skype call with their names underneath the call <laughs> with the flames surrounding them. And, and, and also um, when, when JC gets beat up, Alba comes on the screen and what do you know? Her name somehow appears <laughs> on this call. The fire changes color, you know, and 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 Mandy's like shocked, you know. Man, Mandy's here. What's going on? Are you okay? Like, oh my god! I, I just avoid all that. Skip all that. When you see that, Monday. when you see them, on, when you see Monday. them, on, skip. Monday. I'm coming for you, Monday, and I'm taking the Monday. title with me. It's like I. I think Alba's a great character when you're not doing too much, but now that's that's too. 
you changed her name on the Skype call or on the FaceTime call. Like, really? And the fire changed color? Come on, man. We're, avoid that. Skip all that. Agreed. And the fact that Mandy says, okay, I have this call I want to give to the production team to edit and to add names <laughs> and to make sure we gloss this up for TV keys. This footage I recorded off my phone. Like it's so next level stupid that you almost have to laugh at its stupidity and make it something you actually might want to watch in hindsight for how dumb it is. <laughs> you might be right, Keela. You might be right. Yeah. It's so dumb, but unlike Paul, I'm not going to completely throw away Monday night raw. I am going to highlight. <laughs> I'm going to highlight Eo Sky and Asuka cursing each other out in Japanese. Oh, yes. That was good. Yes. That was real good. It was so great. Asuka was going off, and Corey's like, I know what she's saying. I know what she's saying. And then Eo's like, bitch. And then they get to fighting. <laughs> I loved it. It warmed my yeah. heart. And the one... And the one time this crowd gave a shit, like, congratulations, yeah. ladies, you woke them up. Um, my avoid at all costs is everything involving that six pack challenge to yeah. determine Wanda Rousey's next victim at Survivor Series. It was trash. I love everyone in that match, but that table bump that didn't bump. Mm. Lord have mercy. Yeah. That was just something that was a sad sight to see. And I don't know. What whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say you love everyone in that match? Except Lacey. I take it back. Okay. I had to make sure. I was going to bring up Zaya too, but maybe you love Zaya. No. I, I like Zaya, but Lacey, no. Nobody loves Lacey. Throw her away. I apologize, y'all. I, I yeah. rebuke that okay. in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so let me, let me get this straight. So we done threw away all of Raw, the entire <laughs> SmackDown women's division, yep. and, and the NXT women's champion. Got it. Sounds about right. Yep. Got it. It's a rough week in these streets for WWE. <laughs> hey, you it take was, all that out. It was pretty, pretty good week. Pretty good week. <laughs> pretty, and with pretty, that, pretty good. <laughs> and with that, this is a wrap on a dumpster fire edition of the wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. It was a different show this week as we buried many things from WWE for your entertainment. But hopefully as we get closer to Survivor Series, it gets better as we approach the war games of it all. So I want to thank Salty Scott Young and Paul Fontaine, the sexy OG grandpa himself, for joining me to chop it all things WWE and in some cases bury it to hell in a lot of ways. Keela, it's always a pleasure. Hopefully my name is popping up if this is a YouTube clip and it's changing colors as we speak. But uh, <laughs> I look forward to next week. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, it's always great to to talk with the with the grandpa. It's always great to have him back on. And next time he says something slick about my Lakers, I'm kicking his cane as he walks. So One lonely grandpa I beat all by myself without nobody. Sun is beating down on my baseball hat. Hair's getting hot. Beer's getting flat. Looking for a girl. Ran into a guy. His name is Salty Scott. I said, howdy. He said, hi. (laughs) No, you're better than Alba. Challenges. He let Gigi know, like, if you hear the end of this, it's coming. It's coming. Rap Battle 2023. Uh, Hey, that's your YouTube clip. <laughs> Paul challenged his boss to a rap battle, rap battle. for control of the company. Hey, listen, better than that lockbox that Shane and Vince are fighting over. 
years ago that nobody found out what was in nobody knows what was in the lockbox but what's in the box you don't know it i won't say it on the show because we're out of time but you can guess what might have been in the box i'm gonna leave it alone but with that this is a wrap on all things wwe we'll be back next weekend or monday morning covering all things monday night raw smackdown nxt as we are closer and closer to survivor series so for myself for salty scott young and noted rapper extraordinaire grandpa ass himself paul fontaine that's a wrap on wwe for this week have a good one bye-bye